This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for once again tuning in to the Ball on Blast podcast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And my name, once again, is Sheldon Alexander, and I am joined with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what's good, my dude? Straight from the city of champions, better known as the 215, the city of brotherly love, the home of Meek Mill, Philadelphia in the building. What is up? It's definitely been more dreams and nightmares for the city of Philadelphia. A lot, a lot going on. I mean, big, big news. And maybe their chances to continue to be the city of champs just got a bigger boost this year with the injury news today to Boston Celtics star, right? Boston Celtics star Kyrie Irving. But we will get to that, obviously, and so much more in this edition of the Ball on Blast podcast. Obviously, we'll talk about Kyrie. We'll break down a little bit of what's going on with the Sixers. We got some fun stuff from, I don't know if you saw the opening, which you might not have, depending on the feed that you get in uh, our country of Canada, of March Madness, (laughs) but there's a very dope opening. Uh, to the March Madness coverage. Tons of stuff going on. Wild, wild race in the Western Conference. Basketball. I mean, we're here now, Webby, at the end of the NBA season. And I, I have to say this again because I have to remind myself and the fans, when we first, when I first pitched doing this podcast, there was a hesitation on my part, Webby, because I was like, are we going to have enough stuff to talk about each and every week? A, a, and a, now, week, a week of NBA <laughs> with, with two guys who aren't, you know, we're not calling our sources or anything. We're just two <laughs> fans who watch games, you know, I, like I've been watching tons of, like, I don't work in sports anymore, still watching tons of basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that we'd be watching games and we'd be like, oh, you know, hey, did you see this wacky moment or anything? But the storylines from day one up until now, like three games left to go in the season, has been outstanding. Yes, so crazy. And you know what, Webby? What all these things, the effect that all these things will have on a team we like to call the Toronto Raptors and discuss each and every week in a segment we call Wrap It Up. Wrap It Up. What you need to know about your Toronto Raptors. Last week, we discussed how big of a week ahead it would be for the Toronto Raptors. Big boy week for the Rappies. Huge week for the Raptors. And... They had two games against the Celtics, a game sandwiched in between a game against the Cavs, and then obviously tomorrow, being Friday, they will play, or I guess today, by the time people hear this, uh, they play against the Indiana Pacers. Massive week, playoff implications, and to go over quickly what happened, they lost to the Celtics last uh, Saturday, right? Tough matchup. They lost as well to the Cavs on the front end of the back-to-back, but then salvage you know in a moment where everyone was was worried raptor fans were in a panic the media was in a panic they come back and beat the celtics on the second night of a back-to-back so of that three-game run webby let's start here what stuck out to you the most what was your biggest takeaway from those three games well it was really the uh ability on the uh, on whatever happened from the loss to cleveland to the win in boston and that's a that's a back-to-back Mm-hmm. That's really tough, and especially yep. to play like the way that they did against the Cavs. 
a game that you know that they had circled on their calendar after what happened the last time they played Cleveland and, you know, uh, put up 79 or, yeah, what was it, 70 points? 79 in the first half. 79 in the first half in the first meeting ended up losing. So you know that they had it circled on the calendar to come out and play well against the Cavs. Didn't end up doing that. A lot of circumstance, which I'm sure we'll get to, surrounding (laughs) that Cavs game and why they didn't play so well. But the ability for them to really bounce back and have a gr- like, listen, not a great showing against the Cavs or excuse me against the Celtics, but being able to take care of business in the second half of the back-to-back at home, I thought said a lot about this Raptors team and yeah, why they're the number th- one seed. Why they're the number one seed in the East. So here's the thing with me, right? Like, to me, it was so interesting to watch the reaction that people had to this little three-game run and how people, even though you know. Listeners to this podcast will know, Webby, what do I say? Do not ride the wave of the Toronto Raptors season, right? Just just take it, you know? Like, don't don't go up and down with each and every win and loss, right? Like, it's about the bigger picture. But instead, it was, okay, they lost to Boston and people started to panic a little, right? Then it was, okay, they lost to the Cavs and then people really started to panic. And it was like, the season's over. Yeah, fire, do we fire Casey if you don't? Do this All or these that things. In the playoffs, yeah. And then even crazier than that to me, Webby, was they played okay against Boston, right? Like they played all right. Boston just played really bad. Boston is a team that, other than Al Horford, you're talking about rookies and then bench players, yeah. right? Yeah. And that team on the second night of a back to back looked like a bunch of rookies and bench players. And so the Toronto Raptors took advantage of that in a game that they had to win for sure. But it's not like they put out all the flames, let's say. So to me, the fun part was just watching the reaction of Raptor fans just riding that wave up and down to be like, oh no, everything's terrible, everything's terrible. And then they beat Boston. It's like, oh my God, no, we're fine now. We're fine. See, we're back. And it's like, whoa, that game didn't, I didn't take away anything from that Boston game. Well, just the fact that they won, that they got the W. A much needed one to, to stop the bleeding. Like, I don't care if it was against the Hawks or against yeah, that's you know, fair. Or, or that's fair or whoever the second night of a back-to-back when you're uh traveling to they were in cleveland then they had to travel to toronto to play back-to-back against the playoff team say whatever you want no Kyrie, bunch of backups whatever mm-hmm. be able to stop the bleeding said a lot especially for a week that we knew that was going to be really tough for them and to mm-hmm. be able to salvage a win they don't lose any ground really on boston especially now with What's looking like, you know, their yeah. best players not going to be there for the rest of the regular season and playoffs. So they've got the number one seed. You just had to kind of, for your team, show yourself that you can get this done. Yeah, you know what? Before I left work today, my guy Nish, one of my boys I work with, was saying that he summed it up perfectly to me, the Boston game. He was saying that, you know, you're talking about Boston's team and it's, you know, Morris and Rogier and all these dudes playing on the second night of a back-to-back and they're bench dudes. They're not really used to having that strain of, uh, I don't you know, know putting more, up big-time numbers on the Morris second night of does. a back-to-back. Well, Morris is an NBA vet. For sure. But, like, he can't be – he's not the league cog on your team and he was their leading scorer. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, there were dudes – they're running out dudes I had no idea who they were. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> right? Like, there were some guys – on the Celtics. 
there were some straight like who he played for candidates on the Celtics. They're running out there. Whereas the Raptors on a second night of a back to back, at least you can say, okay, well, these guys are used to that, right? Like they have their full team, their starters, their bench, whatever they're playing in the well, same. Well, and that's the way they're built, right? Is to be able for to sure. you know, save a little bit of gas in the tank by having exactly. this rotation of players. Totally, totally, totally. So I want to focus more on what happened in the first two games of that three-game stretch, just because I feel like that was maybe a more realistic or or maybe a more uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Yeah, maybe more realistic look at what the Celtics and the Cavs will be going forward, especially now that we know Kyrie's not back, right? right. So in that first game, right, against Boston, to me the, the, the thing that really threw me off – was that I felt like the Raptors got bullied in that game. I felt like to to mention the Morris twin again. I think it's Marcus Morris, right? Yeah, Marcus good, or Mark? I can't listen, tell the good difference. Good Philly guy. You need to know. It is Marcus Morris. Yes. Yeah. Mark so Marcus Keith Morris is, is on the Wizards. Right. 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 Yes. So Marcus Morris, right? We saw that he got tossed at the end of the game, where, and he was just talking shit to Serge and CJ Miles, like he was just talking mega shit. Gave the ref the slap on the ass on the way <laughs> that'll, out. Right? Yeah, that'll get you fined every time, <laughs> right? That was amazing. But they were just they just seemed to Rogier is like you know that straight Louisville grinded out guard, you know, like it was a weird game in that sense. I felt like the Raptors looked like they got bullied in what will be more of a playoff style game. Then they followed that up against the Cavs, and I was just like, whoa. Kyle Lowry in back-to-back games got massively outplayed by Terry Rozier and Jose Calderon. That, to be honest, made me worried. Webby, what was your takeaway from those games? Listen, the uh, so the Celtics one, you're right, is a little more, I don't know, concerning. We were a little, um, you know, trepidatious about exactly that bully ball when it gets physical when you need tough hoops uh who do you turn to on this raptors team to get you those mean ugly down low uh anthony mason type points and, and type play right <laughs> you know can you get it from siakam can you get it from Pirtle? oftentimes sure you can but not on a consistent basis right you Where, need that to be lowry and DeRozan. yeah exactly so the one the, the game against the Cavs, especially well, listen, Kyle Lowry got outplayed by Jose Calderon, who had a late half of his career game. <laughs> like that's the thing about the Cavs moving forward. It's like you're not going to get that from Jose Calderon every night. Hold on a second, though. Hold on a second. The last time the Cavs and the Raptors played, we were told that we weren't going to get that again from George Hill. They weren't going to shoot like that again. And then this time around, we get a great game from Jose Calderon. You know what I'm like? It's just now the other circumstances. The other circumstances about this too are like, uh, you know, that I am fully in the camp of you got to give Lowry a break on that one. Okay, so let's get into this because I know you're you got something here. Listen, you're the number you're the number one seed in the East. Mm -hmm. If you're Kyle Lowry, you're allowed to have a game like that. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Okay. Let's let's get into this because we all know the biggest storyline was the fact that Kyle Lowry went to the national championship game to watch his alma mater, Villanova, Villanova Wildcats win Champions. their second NCAA championship. Second in three years. What up? Second in three years. Kyle Lowry went, flew out, flew back, was back in the morning in time for practice or shoot around or whatever, but then had a horrible game. Okay. I'm going to ask you, Webby, do you think that? 
his travel plans, his night out, let's say, had any effect on his play during that game against the Cavs? Of course it did. <laughs> of course okay. it did. And listen, okay. listen, we were making jokes of like, you know, uh, whatever, how much fun he was having or whatever. Mm-hmm. He could have been an absolute saint. He could have been yeah. drinking water all night. He could have gotten a good night's sleep and gone to bed after that game, which, listen, I worked at 9 a.m. the next day, and I was up. I turned it off, right, as DiVincenzo ran out the clock, okay? Hey. I know hey, hey, I know how late it was when the game ended, mm-hmm. okay? The guy had to get on a flight. I had to get to an airport. I had to get on the flight. I don't care. Hold on. Was. He had to go to the locker room, had to, you know, shake well, some I, I'm hands. Just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> as an absolute saint, if he just got up out of his seat and left, he would have been at his hotel by 12.30, 1 o'clock, all right? Okay. Not getting a great yep. night's sleep and then going to an airport and then getting on a plane. And that's if you're being an absolute saint. And I'm not blaming Larry if he went out afterwards and did a little celebrating, a little uh, champagneing and campaigning, as Jalen Rose says. <laughs> you know, yes. there's nothing wrong with that. And listen, okay. you're the number one seed in the East for a reason. You're allowed to have an off game. So I hope he partied his ass off. Okay. And you know what? It's one game in the regular season. Here's here's my thing. Okay, I think that Kyle Lowry, he could have went anywhere the night before. I don't care. He could have went to the moon and back doesn't matter to me i don't really care i just think that there is no excuse for you to get outplayed by jose calderon and terry rogier in back-to-back games no matter what you could have went as as i said you could have went anywhere you could have watched villanova play you could have watched your son play you could have watched your mom play basketball doesn't really matter to me you just can't have that happen he averaged what eight points per game against boston and cleveland while getting outplayed by rogier and calderon that can't happen. And Kyle Lowry, maybe, maybe we're in a thing here, Webby, where Kyle Lowry is, you know, pacing himself, getting ready for the playoff push. Because over his last five games, he's averaging like 10 points per game and shooting just 34%. To me, that can't happen. Jose Calderon, under no circumstances, can give you the business at this stage of Jose Calderon's career. It just. I don't. It, it's frustrating to me, and the fact that he went to the game the night before. Do I think that had an impact on it? I don't know, but I, I'll say it's not a good look. It's like if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna go to that game, you cannot have a bad game yourself the next night against one of your rivals that you know that you guys have this whole issue with. Like it's it's legitimately your rival that you cannot Listen, get over the hump. Sure, you and can. You, you can't have that sure, game the next day. Sure, you can. As long as it's I, not the playoffs. As long as it's not Game Seven and you're going to graduate and then coming back for Game Seven, I don't. If it's a regular season, I don't care. Do you know what, Webby? I I'll agree with you because I'll say this as I've been saying all year long: these playoffs is there no excuse playoffs for Kyle Lowry. Hundred percent. You're well rested. So, like you have no injuries. The bench is giving you a rest the entire time. No bro, excuses like, come these playoffs. It, it, it's like LeBron a couple years ago in Ohio State playing football. Get it out of your system now. Okay? Take your two weeks off in the middle of the season. You want to go celebrate with your uh, old you know, roommates from college because your team won the – do it now. Like you say, it's a do-or-die playoffs for the Raptors. you got to come. you got, you got to come ready for the postseason, all right? There's not going to be any nights off in terms of uh, your preparation and uh, getting ready for, 
for really competitive basketball. So I got no problem with him coming back a little sluggish against. And like I say, Jose Calderon's not going to burn you uh, every game of a seven game series. Well, here's the thing, and here's a little stat. You know, we like to sprinkle in some statistics every now and then to make it seem like we at least pretend like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> right, here, right, right. Rather than just yell about random shit. I understand. <laughs> but did you know that the Cavs are 23 and 9 when Jose Calderon is their starting point guard? That's, in games that's in which Jose Calderon is their starting point guard, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 23 and 9 this season. That is one of the craziest things to come out of this Cavs season. And that's saying a lot because, again, J.R. Smith threw soup at one of their assistant coaches. Uh, never forget that, right? <laughs> never forget. <laughs> never forget. And uh, Jose Calderon, listen, we're Raptor fans. I I think he got a bad rap from a lot of Raptor fans. He was so me, ser- so serviceable for the Raps for so long. Yeah, never me, never missed at the line. Mm-hmm. And you know you what? Know, Came out and was a professional. You know what? I'll I'll admit, Webby, I was super hard on Jose Calderon as a Raptor. I was super hard on Chris Bosh as a Raptor. And you know what? I think it was just a matter of finding the proper pieces to fit around them. You know, it was just left up to them, and they were good, just not quite good enough, if that makes sense, which wasn't really their fault because yeah, they did absolutely. their job. The, right? I don't think that the team was built very well around them. So, no, totally agree, wholeheartedly agree. But the scary thing to me in that second Cavs game, okay, LeBron, he played well, right? He played well. well. I, I think that he played uh, amazingly well. Like, I, I don't think that what he did a lot was showing up in the stat line. That's fair. That's fair. But my thing was, if you look at the first game that they played, not the first game, I guess it would have been the second game that they played um, against, a Cle- against Cleveland where the Raptors blew the lead, right? Right. That game at the end of it when the Cavs win, you could say, well, LeBron was just a beast. Nothing we could do. LeBron's a beast. That'll happen sometimes. Yeah. What was it? 17 assists, no turnovers. This game, right? LeBron was all right. He was good. I mean, I shouldn't say all right. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we're LeBron so spoiled, <laughs> like, ho-hum. But does, does that worry you that, like, it wasn't just the fact that they beat the Raptors pretty easily with LeBron just kind of playing a typical LeBron game? It didn't take, like, the the virtuoso performance from yeah. LeBron James. Well, well hold on. It them. seems like every night we get a virtuoso performance from him, especially over the last three months. And again, yeah. while like the 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 stats that come on the box she, on the box score maybe weren't necessarily there. I mean, that offense was flowing through him against yeah. the Raptors. It was he would drive, you know, usually against a double team, kick to the corner, corner would kick to the wing and the wing was you know, in the first half, at least Jose Calderon, and then he would drain the three. Yeah, it, you know, it's if crazy you were, scary. If you were counting hockey, if you were counting hockey assists uh, against the Raptors in the Cavs game, then then LeBron would have had. You know, you know, I, it seemed like every time all the action was was uh, going through him in some way. Yo, LeBron is going for basically 30, 10, and 10 since Cleveland made these trades. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But it, 30, but 10, and 10. But it's not that crazy, right? Like, it, <laughs> that was his uh, going to watch Ohio State this season. It wasn't a two-week rest that he got. It was, yeah. a, it was a pretty new roster. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Uh, one thing I want to talk about, though, going back to Kyle Lowry for a bit, it made me really wonder this, wonder something, Webby. I need your, I need your thoughts on this, okay? Adrian Wojnarowski uh, did a, a sit-down interview, right, that aired this week on ESPN, and he interviewed Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, uh, Dwayne Casey, and Masai, mm-hmm. okay? Pretty interesting snippet in it was Casey well, all of them, actually, talking about Casey and uh, Kyle Lowry's, at times, icy relationship, right? And in this, they discussed the fact that Kyle Lowry thought it many times, he said he'd go to home at night and think, well, it's me or him. One of us got to go. This is done. We got to go. And then what ends up happening is DeMar is the one that plays Peacemaker, and Casey will sometimes go to DeMar and be like, hey, man, can you tell Kyle this? Hey, we need to do this. But he'll use DeMar as kind of the go-between. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, these guys filmed this interview obviously before this little eight-game slide. I'm doing air quotes because, I mean, as you said, they're still first place in the East, right? But it was just weird to me because it was a reminder, okay, come playoff time when we know things get tough, right? Is Dwayne Casey going to have the Sam Cassells to hand the keys to Fred if Kyle Lowry struggles? Well, I think that the big thing about that Cavs game, uh, where, I, where I think the failure wasn't necessarily with Kyle, I think it was with the coaching. Ooh, okay. Be- because I, I, that whole game, and I mean, I'm not the only one, like this, you know, everybody was saying it on social media, was, yeah. was the same thing. If he's struggling this bad. was struggling. Well, if Kyle's struggling this bad, and obviously, listen, say what you want like there was something he wasn't playing very well mm-hmm. and in that situation you can't keep relying on this plan on this mm-hmm. you know this is what coaching is you've got to be able to adapt right yeah so if Kyle's not playing well then hey you know what put Fred in Re- yeah. replace those minutes with Delon's minutes or with Fred's minutes you know because yeah. in the playoffs when the stakes are so much higher these decisions have to be made because if you're just doing the same thing against the same opponent for seven games, you're going to get you're going to get figured out pretty friggin' quick. So you, oh yeah, and it won't it won't be seven games; it'll be four. So you got to <laughs> right? be able to like if if you have to recognize that Kyle is struggling and you have to find a solution to it right away. Totally. And, the other thing, you know, what to else to pay attention to, Webby was, and I noticed this in the Celtics game actually. It was. Can the Raptors, and I want people to pay attention to this because I I'm, I think this will be very interesting regardless of who they end up playing in the playoffs. Can the Raptors afford to play Kyle and Fred down the stretch in games? And I say that because when you watch the Celtics game, Rogier is like a big guard, but yeah. you know that's fine. One of your point guards can handle that. But the Celtics were running out a lineup where the two spot was either Jalen Brown or Tatum. Yeah, and exactly. those guys were getting shots off whenever they wanted to. So you cannot play Fred and Kyle. Now, when we get into the playoffs, and again, you know matchups are going to be so key. The chess, the chessboard, the chess pieces, how you move these guys is going to be so important. That's the thing that I want to see, and how Casey reacts to that. Can you play Kyle and Fred together down the stretch? Because right. I don't know if you can against a lot of teams. Well, and if you can't, then you've got to find out who you can. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and again, what uh, and against what kind of lineups you can run out? You know, two smaller guards or 
who your two big guards are in that situation. Like, yeah. The other thing too, if you are playing those guys, then you have to play that style and you have to run. Because that's where they got into trouble too in, against the Celtics in the first game for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not as much in the second game, but the Celtics are out there playing Al Horford in Monroe, and the Raptors are playing slow and half court basketball. Yeah, you can't do that. You're playing right? you into gotta their hands. Run. Exactly. You got to get out and run, and you can see the Raptors, especially their bench as well. But their team is playing much better when they play with pace. And they're running up and down the court. And and the flip side of, to that is if you are playing half court, let JV cook. Yo, oh my yeah. goodness. What was up with that? Like, but that's a, that, that's again what I'm saying about this plan, right? The plan is is that JV doesn't get a ton of fourth quarter minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're struggling in the fourth quarter with a, a point guard that's not playing well, why not why not put in JV and see what it's like? Totally. Totally. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Webby. Uh, just a couple, one last thing in terms of this wrap it up segment here, talking about the Raptors. Now, they've lost it with their first loss, or sorry, with their loss in Boston and Cleveland, right? They've lost all four games on the road against the Cavs and Celtics. So what does that tell me? That tells me that it's pretty good that you're a number one seed in the east where you're (laughs) going to be hosting game sevens the whole way exactly right so that's how important your game winning first seed in the east is because you have lost in cleveland and in boston in every game this year that's not a good trend right so here's a stat and we touched on it a couple weeks ago and now it's it's starting to to pop up again as as people start to look for the warts and what could be wrong with the raptors and people talked a lot about the defense right and people talked about the defense and the raptors basically have had the worst defensive efficiency in the nba since march 18th that's not a good look and that's a far cry from what they were doing earlier on in the year right so i don't know but i'll say this Let's take a look at some stats, okay? Let's pretend like we know what we're talking yeah, about. Let's hear the numbers. Men lie, so women the rap- lie, number, numbers don't? Yes, yes. You know me too well, right? Of Webby, course. You know me too well. So here, here's numbers for you, and you tell me if they're lying or not, okay? So versus teams that are 500 and above, the Raptors are 23 and 20 this year, okay? They score 110 points per game and a point differential of plus three, Okay. Teams below 500, the Raptors are 33 and 2. They score four more points at 114, and their point differential is plus 13. So basically, the Raptors beat up on the the crappy teams, uh, the middle of the bank, middle of the bank, middle of the road teams to the basement teams, but against teams that are above 500, 23 and 20. And if you look at 2018, here's who the Raptors, the Raptors have only lost 12 times, but here are the teams they've lost to. The Heat, Warriors, Sixers, T-Wolves, Jazz, Wizards, Bucks, Thunder, Cavs, Clippers, and Celtics. And the Clippers are the only team on that list that aren't in the playoffs. Yeah. So, does this does this trend concern you? Or does this trend tell you that, hey, they're just a good team and sometimes good teams lose to other good teams? What? What does all of that tell you, Mr. Andrew Webster? No, of course, that's a disturbing trend. But mm-hmm. the good thing is, is like, yeah, I, I, I want to know what those, what, what the same records are with, with those same teams. What, uh-huh. What's Miami's record against teams above five hundred? 
You know, yes. what what are the Wizards' record against teams above five hundred? That'll I tell you that actually. That <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> but you know what? Like, so that's the thing is is you know regular season is about putting yourself in the best position come playoff time. So you have yep. to beat the teams that are worse than you. Now, yeah, I'd be lying to say that. Listen, having those games be the ones that you've lost here in uh, the year twenty eighteen so far. That's it is a disturbing trend. But again, the good news is with the playoffs is that you're going to get a crack at those teams on a game in game out basis for uh, seven games at the most. You're 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 totally correct in your ask of what are some of those other numbers. And as you bring up the standings here, I can tell you, for example, the Cleveland Cavaliers this year are 21 and 22 against teams that are above 500. Right, so you make a very good point there, and nobody's going to be doubting the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Exactly, because they have LeBron. Right, you make a very good point there, Webby. It's interesting, and I'll say this, okay? And this has been my my plea for the entire season. It's about managing your expectations as fans and the media, right? Because the reason why I say the media is because the fans listen to the media. So managing expectations means, okay, cool. I look at that and I think. You know what? Yes, they lose to good teams, and that tells me the Raptors are a good team. They are one of the top teams in the NBA, but they're not in that top tier yet. And is there anything wrong with that? No, because I said yet. Because we know that they're trying to build a program of sustained success, something that this team has not had their entire existence. And now you're talking about a fifth straight playoff year, right? And it doesn't look as if they're not going to make the playoffs again for another, what, two, three years at least? You know what I mean? And I think that is a goal of what Masai Ujiri and Dwayne Casey are doing. They're trying to put together continued success. And so people forgot about managing their expectations because they let them get all out of whack because of the great run the Raptors were on earlier on in the season. People turn their expectations to we need to make the conference finals or we need to make the we can make the NBA finals or we have to beat LeBron. And it's like that can't be your expectations. If that happens, cool. But if it doesn't, hey, there's still a lot of good things happening within this organization and a lot of things for these guys to be proud of and a lot of things for fans to be proud of. No, no, absolutely. Listen, you're to be able to put in a new system, this year one plan and have it result in a championship is unlikely would be amazing, (laughs) but is unlikely for sure. But Webby, think about that to put in a brand new system like that and to have it result in the first ever, the most wins ever in franchise history. It's something to build on for sure. And coming in first for the first time in, in franchise history as well, like winning the Eastern conference, having the first seed for the first time in franchise history as well, the first year you fully install your new offense, like that is a great achievement. And so regardless of what happens in the playoffs, because I know people are kind of worried now and they think anything's on the table. And, you know, I'm one of those people that have always been worried about, you know, the first round, right? Like I've never thought the first round was going to be a a gimme, whether you have the first seed or not. So now that it's on the table because people have seen, you know, they've lowered their expectations back, you know, after the Cavs game. Right. People now, you hear things about, oh, should Casey be worried about his job and all that? And I think that's so ridiculous. Crazy. That's crazy. Right? Yeah, 100%. Like what this, man has, what this man has done 
with this team. I think, and I've always thought this, he's maxed out what this team has been able to do for years upon years upon years. Getting these guys to buy in on defense for the past few years with whatever role players are given, whether it's Grievous Vasquez or Lou Will or, do you know what I mean? He cycles these guys in or Patrick Patterson who we're seeing struggle again. Dwayne Casey has been able to, to put these guys together and put them in a position to succeed in each and every year. And the, the thought, the thought alone that Dwayne Casey should be worried about his job is completely and utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. Again, it's like this is year one of your new plan. If, if you were going to make a coaching change, it would have been before this. But obviously yeah. Masai believes in uh, – in our boy Dwayne, and you know what? It's going to be at least another two years after this to see if he can keep up the like you said the sustained success of this new culture change. Totally. So overall, Raptors fans, don't worry so much. No, Just you're the number one seed. You get your number one seed, and continue the best, to the best player in the number two seed is now out. Yes. Right. And continue to listen to this podcast because we've been giving you the goods about managing your expectations. Relax. Relax. Little Stuart Smalley action. You're you're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. (laughs) Right. And like, hey, if you make the conference finals, great. If you make the NBA finals, extra great. I'll be down there cheering you on in Jurassic Park or on Young Street celebrating. But if that doesn't happen, you know what? We have a legitimate NBA franchise that as a fan base, you can be proud of. And that is good. That is a far, far cry from Rafael Arujo. Yeah. And listen, if the playoffs do go Atlanta Hawks wise, as they did for Atlanta a couple years ago, uh, Mm -hmm. you know what? This isn't going to the end result won't be the same as that. You know, it's not like you have big pieces that are going to get signed away in free agency. Exactly, right? Like, I think we know that, okay, Fred is a big part of your future going forward. You know that Siakam's a big part of your future going forward. Like, you you know that there's some good things here bubbling, and now there's that trust in your support staff, your draft, your scouting, right? Like, hey, things are okay, Raptors fans. Breathe easy. Can we say the same about the Boston Celtics, though, Webby, as we... Change gears here and head to turn up or turn down. Turn up or turn down. Turn up means good. Turn down means bad. For those new listeners, we make a hot take and then it's either turn up or turn down. Turn up equals good. Turn down equals bad. Okay. So with the news that Kyrie Irving, Woj bomb earlier Thursday afternoon, Woj tweets out that in the aftermath of left knee surgery, Boston Celtics all-star guard Kyrie Irving will miss the rest of the regular season and playoffs. Irving will undergo surgery on Saturday and need four to five months recovery. So, first hot take. The Celtics have no chance without Kyrie in the first round. Webby, turn up or turn down? Turn it down on that. Think of what they came into this season with in terms of Arsenal. With their lineup and what they've gotten out of, like we said, bench players and rookies, basically. The Boston Celtics are 14 and 6 without Kyrie Irving. They have started, they've had 13 different players start for them this season, (laughs) which is kind of crazy. It's unreal. It's unreal. And and as, as they start to get other players back, like 
I'm not sure if Marcus Smart is coming back for the playoffs or when he'd be back. But yep. the the great thing is with Stevens and the Celtics, you don't have to worry about these players getting reacclimated to the lineup. For sure. I'm tur- I'm also turning down on this with you, Webby, because, of course, they have a chance in the first round. They also have a chance in the second round because, Ooh. as you said, because as you said, and I, you, I know your hesitation there is because you're thinking they're playing the Sixers in the second round. Mm. I'm not going I'm not going that far as to or, who they or, will hey, be playing. Listen, Sixers or the Pacers. Hey, I'm not I'm not going that far as to say who they would be playing in the second round. We'll save that for a little later. But I'm saying that I'm, I'm double downing. I'm going to double down on what you just said, Webby, because Brad Stevens, we've seen it time and time again. Okay. He put Isaiah Thomas in a position to succeed. And we've seen Isaiah Thomas drop 30 a night, be a near be an all-star, be an get MVP vote, because he was putting this in a position to succeed. We've seen him obviously do it with Kyrie to start this season. We've seen it with Terry Rozier. We saw it with Marcus Smart when Terry when uh Kyrie first went down. We saw it with Shane Larkin, right? Like right. think about we've seen it time and time again. And even when you watch the, the their two games against the Raptors and you see that they have they're they're playing Monroe or they're playing Al Horford heavy minutes or Morris even right they're running sets to get these guys to their spots I don't watch a lot of Boston Celtics games but I can tell you right now that Marcus Morris's key spot is that elbow jumper because they are running a lot of sets to get him a jumper there and he was splashing them so I'm watching that just off knowing, just seeing two games of theirs, and I'm seeing, oh, shit. Like, when he gets it from that spot, he's banging in those jumpers each and every time. And that tells me it's just what you hear all the time about Brad Stevens, and he just knows how to figure it out. And what his players do, he will find a way to get them to do it. Monroe was taken off the scrap heap, right? And he's been a very key contributor to them, especially since Kyrie's gone down. What they're doing is totally crazy and of course they have a chance in the playoffs still in the first Michael's- round in the first round <laughs> now who would, yes if, if sticking the se- to the question in the first round yes if the season were to end right now who do they get milwaukee right now no right now the Miami? standings go milwaukee is in eighth washington is in seventh not after Miami tonight. is in sixth Oh, so there's yeah, games going on tonight. Washington's depending killing, on what's going on. Washington's killing Cleveland. I'm watching it right now. Washington is killing Cleveland. Yeah. So yeah, so that would move Washington up, and Miami does not play tonight. The Bucks are about to lose. <laughs> the Bucks are seem like they're just you know happy to come in eighth and yeah, play the Raptors. They're, yeah, they're ready <laughs> for the Raptors for round two after last yeah. year. They're about to lose to the Brooklyn Nets at home. So, (laughs) yeah. But, so here's the thing, right? Things will be okay for the Celtics. They'll they'll play whoever they have in their first-round matchup tough, especially if it's Washington. They will play them tough for sure. That'll be a great – a Morris on Morris first round? (laughs) Uh, Count me in. Yo, they're going to fight each other, man. I wouldn't put it past them. So let's let's focus in a little more on Kyrie here, right? So Kyrie's out, and he put up a long Instagram post just talking about you know uh, getting over the hump of things and p- proving people wrong, and you have to deal with the adversity. And you know he he discussed a little bit. He said that he was the one that said he has an infection in his knee and all these things. But what I want to focus in on here, Webby, is are you worried about Kyrie Irving's health? 
going forward because as we know we were told that this was going to be a minimally invasive right. procedure and now we get this okay so we find out that he has an infection from like i guess screws that were put into his knee from a prior surgery so that means he had tendonitis we know he had the fractured kneecap like he's had a lot of surgeries on this knee also if we remember back which we talked about on this podcast webby Kyrie in the offseason, when the trade talks came up, there was a report that Kyrie, when the Celtic, or sorry, when the Cavs first said, no, we're not going to trade you, Kyrie said to them, trade me or else I will sit out the entire season and get my knee surgery. Right. So I'm asking you, are you worried? A little bit of karma? Hey, just putting it out there. I was waiting to see the LeBron James tweet today. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the. I'm surprised. The, the, yeah, when you sent me the when you sent me the emails, I was surprised that it hadn't already happened. Right, the shade LeBron tweet that you know it's going to be like prayers up for my bro Kyrie, but really <laughs> in his head, you know he's thinking serves you right. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, and and that's not even a knock on LeBron to say that he has a huge ego because let's be realistic. If you if we put ourselves in LeBron James's situation, right, we would have the exact same reaction if we're being totally honest with ourselves right absolutely after all how all this played out and i would probably use memes to get across my disdain as well (laughs) i mean it's so crazy when you think about just everything that's happened the Kyrie trade isaiah just being a flop isaiah getting traded to the lakers lebron rebuilding his whole team midway through the season new team Isaiah then getting season-ending surgery, and now Kyrie also getting season-ending surgery. If you look at this, this worked out the best for LeBron and the Cavs, no? Uh, it looks like it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because uh, uh, I, at least in the short term. At least in the short well, term, right? If they don't make this trade and Kyrie stays, Kyrie then gets hurt, and they have the same team, no? Yeah. Yeah, without, like it, it's really without weird re- how this played, and out. without a revamped bench of uh, of guys like your Rodney Hoods, your Larry Nances, Jordan Clarkson's, for sure. Are you worried, Webby, about the Celtics long term? Like, just in terms of Kyrie's hurt, we don't know if this knee thing is going to linger again. But I mean, you're talking about multiple surgeries on the same knee, and obviously, we don't know what Hayward's going to come back like. Are you worried about the Celtics long term health? No. No, I'm not. I'm not that worried. Uh, the five to six months recovery time is a lot less uh, than what it could have been. And if it was worrisome, then you would be looking at more of like a like I'd be way. I'm way more trepidatious, way more cautious about uh, Porzingis's recovery. Ooh, yeah. uh, especially because that's a bigger guy and a guy like Demarcus Cousins, who's coming back from an Achilles injury. That's a tough injury to come back for for a big guy. Now the the persistent knee injuries for Kyrie definitely sucks, but I think this is something that uh, as long as the infection gets cleared up and everything, I would think that uh, a recovery would be you know likely. Yeah, totally. And you know what? I want to give a lot of credit to the Celtics here for being smart with this, right? And realizing that hey. What's the point in bringing Kyrie back to try to make a run during these playoffs anyways, right? Like, we're thinking long-term, you know, next year, the year after that, the year after that. You know, they still got a couple picks that are in play. 
whenever that Lakers picks turns into a thing, they have a Memphis pick they that will a, turn into a thing either yeah, next year or the year after. That Lakers, right? so, that Lakers pick, if it goes to the Sixers, then becomes the Kings pick in 2019. And listen, the Kings aren't going to be good next year either because the Kings aren't ever going to be good. <laughs> so just, but right? just like the Raptors, they have a long-term plan for sustained success. So there's no sure. point in pushing Kyrie to play in an injured knee for this one year, especially when you don't have, you know, your other big weapon that you added in the offseason in Gordon Hayward. For sure. And this could be kind of cool for the the rookies to get some some uh, you know extracurriculars, right? Because now it's on them come th- this playoff run, right? It'll be them leading the way. It'll be them getting that, you know, extra battle-tested experience in the playoffs because they'll be running the show. And then now next year, when you do get Kyrie, when you do have Hayward, they'll the rookies, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, they'll be better served for it because they've been through it, but they've had to be the man through it, right? So if they have to just carry it for a stretch, let's say next playoff, they'll be better prepared. I think this this could work out really well for the Celtics, and it sucks because you never want to see anyone get hurt, right? And it, it sucks in this sense of how it played out for Kyrie because he wanted he wanted to get away, obviously. He was so excited about getting to play with the Celtics. And if we remember, too, he's the one that threw the alley-oop to Hayward on that play, and he felt That's bad right. about that as well. So just the way that everything has played out for Kyrie Irving this year has been really, really tough. So I hope that he and Hayward come back better than ever next year and the Celtics have another run because they deserve that. And you don't want to see guys get hurt, right? We want to see these teams battle it out at full strength. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we both turned down on that hot take because we think the Celtics do have a chance in the first round. But you mentioned, you know, who they could be playing in the second round. And that might be another team that you oh might be familiar boy. with, Mr. Oh Webster. Boy. A team that happens to be on a 12-game winning streak. Ooh. The longest such streak since 1990. And, you know, this hot take is everyone in the East should be afraid of the Sixers. Everyone. Turn up or turn down, Webby. That's a big turn up. <laughs> that is a big turn up. Listen, listen, man. I'll tell you about the only players had a better calendar year of 2018 than LeBron James is Ben Simmons. And you know what? Hey, remember? Hold when, on. Before you continue, Webby, I would like to apologize. I was going to say, because... remember when we were having these debates that Donovan <laughs> Mitchell might be Rookie of the Year? Listen, man. Was I anticipating that that? Joel Embiid would go down and Ben Simmons would reel off a 10-game run of averaging 13, 10, and 11 oh. in his rookie season. Dude, like, would I have been t- – I didn't anticipate that. Like, he, that's a thing that happened. He's – like, listen, I, I'm – don't strike me down. I'm, like, looking around my living room here for lightning bolts and, and storm clouds <laughs> forming above me. But he looks like – he looks like Magic Johnson, man. He, Yo, man. he is just big, his passes are insane, and he gets to where he wants to go on the court at any time. It's so, so true. And you know what's crazy? Because we spend so much time overanalyzing the NBA draft and stupid draft workouts, and I think it was Steve Nash always said this, and it always stuck with me, that he hated the draft process because people always focus on what you can't do as opposed to what you can do. Right. right. 
and Ben Simmons is a perfect example of that because all we heard is he can't really shoot, he can't do, you know, like we heard about that being the biggest detriment. And can he shoot three still? No. Does it matter? Hell, Hell no. no. <laughs> right? Whoa. Like, Dude, it doesn't. Defenses know that he can't shoot. They sag off him and he just blows by them. <laughs> It's insane. Now, the other thing, too, is yet yeah, we, we mentioned that Embiid's not been in, but even the last two games without Sarich, mm-hmm. and Sarich has yeah. been awesome this year, and I thought that that was really going to hurt them, but Jesus, Ben Simmons is a problemo here. <laughs> so to back that up, Webby, Ben Simmons is third in the NBA in triple doubles behind some dudes named Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, Okay. Again, Ben Simmons is a rookie. Ben Simmons joins, as a rookie, joins Oscar Robinson as the only rookies in NBA history to finish the season with 600 rebounds and 600 assists in their rookie season. That's insane. That That is absolutely 600 assists and 600 rebounds? That's, whoa, guy. It's incredible what Ben Simmons is doing, and it's incredible because, yeah, the stakes got higher because people expected them to slide without JoJo, and instead, they've more than maintained a 12-game winning streak. Now it's not like their schedule has been no, a murderer's row been, or no, anything it's like been that. Pretty trash, but again, like but hey, those, like the Raptors going what 23 and or 33 and two against teams with under 500 records. You got to get it done, right? You got to play who's in front of you, and when you're dealing with injuries, especially. Just get those wins. And it's so important because the standings are so crazy. And there's a big-time matchup, right, oh, between Friday the Cavs night. and Sixers. Friday night, Webby, with huge implications there. What do you think heading into that, into that big matchup? What are you thinking? What's going to be the key there? Is Sarge going to be back? Do you know? Where are we? Are we in Philly or are we in Cleveland? Uh, I will look that up right now, but I'm pretty sure they are. In Cleveland is my guess, if I remember correctly. I bet my computer. I bet Sarge doesn't play. Okay. Um. Uh, it's really interesting too because the the Sixers have an opportunity to get the third seed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially if the Cavs lose this game against the Washington and- Wizards, which has been very good. Now it was a beatdown, and now it has gotten very close. But I don't know. I think that'll kind of play into it because, shoot, if you can get that third seed in the East, it might be worth bringing out Sarge. But then again, you don't want to push it. Listen, I don't know. I'm not Brett Brown, but listen. Oh, I, and you, you, whatever Brett Brown says, you're trusting now. Oh, hey, trust you know, in that listen, process. You got to trust the process, bro. You got to <laughs> do it. Listen, City of Champions. Yo, do you know what else is big too? Woj says that Joel Embiid, they're expecting. Oh, or first no, round. Sorry. Yeah, he'll be ready. Not expecting, but they're saying that they, they're, he's on pace, he's on schedule to be back for the start of the playoffs. Yeah, and he's going to be wearing an, He's going to be wearing an MF Doom mask. It's going to be awesome. Of course he is, right? Of course he <laughs> he's going to look badass. Yo, JoJo in a mask, it's going to be nasty things. And listen, it's going to be crazy. He's the guy that you need in the playoffs too, right? I mean, we've been talking about it for months now about the way that, you know, the play slows down and, you know, you're you're milking the shot clock and you're playing for that one possession. That's what JoJo does, man. Down in the down in the block, he can he can burn off the clock and make those tough shots. Ooh, I'm so excited. 
I'm so excited you, for Sixers in the playoffs. I'm excited to watch them too, just because I think you know when you look at the 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 future of the Eastern Conference and you're looking at teams like uh, sorry Webby for the record, the Cavs are now up one with 21 seconds left I know, in this I, game. I know after <laughs> I said it was happened? over. What Yo, just uh, you know that what? You, you know what just happened, and I've been watching it. Just like uh, the end of uh, Game Five of the Finals last year, when LeBron and the Cavs were down, and then LeBron just kind of took over for like ten minutes and just yeah. bullied everybody down into the paint and scored whenever he <laughs> wanted to. Yo, LeBron yeah. just did that for the last ten minutes. <laughs> he does that sometimes, right? He does that. That happens. One, yo, and his numbers tonight. Did you see his numbers? No, I haven't seen his stat line. He's thirty-one, seven, and fourteen. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, to correct my earlier mistake, the game tomorrow night is in Philly. Okay, it's so in Philly. yeah, the game will be in Philly. Big matchup there for the Cavs. This is a big game as well for the Cavs because they we just said it. How big is it that you would have to play? Boston without Kyrie Irving or the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Obviously, you'd rather play Boston. So that's what makes that third seed so much more important as you look forward to a second-round matchup, right? So that game tomorrow night or tonight, Friday night in Philly, massive, massive, massive. And, you know, if that winning streak is still continuing, you know LeBron would love nothing more than to, you know, end that streak for his – possible future team i don't know if you're on this chris have you seen this chris sheridan stuff he's been pushing out oh a a little bit yeah 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 (laughs) well there's the headline we don't need to get too far into it because i'm not trying to get real too into it you know but listen i I thought the same thing in 09 it's like why not join the heat and now it's like why not join the sixers well, his article is basically just all about how LeBron is definitely leaving the Cavs just because the relationship between him and Dan Gilbert, there's too much drama. There's too much there. It is just done. It's over. And that's why LeBron will definitely leave Cleveland. And he paints a picture that maybe, just maybe, the place that LeBron should go is the Sixers. I mean, that would just be crazy. That will give us a lot of content for the offseason. But until then, you know, there's so much there's so much other goodness in the NBA to talk about, including Webby. The next stop on our turn up, turn down segment, which is the Wild Wild Western Conference. And things are getting so hectic in the West that a team like Oklahoma City, that preseason was probably one of the teams favored to be at least battling for one of the top spots in the West. But instead... They're now battling for their playoff lives in the Western Conference. They currently sit in sixth, but they are just two games out of tenth, okay? With three games left in the season. It's so great. They are struggling, and the person getting most of the blame for this other than Russell Westbrook, because when things go wrong, everyone blames Russell Westbrook. No, I don't think anybody can blame Russell Westbrook this year. Well, everyone says that you can't play with Russ, but if it's not Russ... Then the next question is... It's Carmelo Anthony. Which leads to our next turn up, turn down topic. Carmelo should come off the bench. Webby, turn up or turn down? Wow. Yeah, well, Carmelo should come off something. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. The Thunder are in trouble. Melo is shooting 34% 
34% from the floor it's, over his last no, five games. It's ugly, He man. averaged just 13 points per game in March. Webby, what are you thinking? I, I, I'm thinking they got a big Carmelo problem. <laughs> so what do you do, though? I, what do you do? Well, we can leave it up to uh, the, to the Munster kid to figure it out, right? Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Jeremy Grant. No, no. Oh, I'm you're saying, talking about Billy Donovan. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie like Munster. Munster. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Munster's going to figure it out, right? Uh, I totally misheard what you just said there and caught myself. And I was I, like, that is so I don't know what you do because you didn't get Carmelo to come off the bench. You didn't make that move for a bench player. And, and, and you've been treating this whole season like he's going to be somebody who's going to be a scorer in your starting lineup. And yeah. then now you've got to try and figure out, well, okay, like you say, a guy like Jeremy Grant, who's been playing pretty good minutes off the pine, can you replace Melo's minutes with him? Or maybe a Brinus? Can you think that can a Brinus give you the scoring that Carmelo's not giving you now? Because to me, obviously, something you you can't keep putting Carmelo out there in the starting lineup. You're asking for for trouble. I mean, you know what it is, Webby. I think that. You know, I'm going to turn down on this and say he shouldn't come off the bench because I think if you put him on the bench, you will lose him for sure. Like you'll do, like whatever you're getting out of him now, you'll just get less than that. And yes, that it, you might be saying, is that even possible to get yeah, less? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't know if you want to find that out. I think it's more about how you manage the minutes. We've been talking about this a whole year, and I think they play mellow too much only with Russ and only with PG. And I think that if you give him more looks, you know, you give him different sets where he's in a better position to score than just him on the wing trying to ISO someone and score off the dribble. You know, get him some easy baskets, you know. Yeah, get him some that, cuts rolling to the basket. But with that you know? bench unit, are you going to get much? I, I mean, are you going to get many open looks? For like, won't, won't every defense be keyed in on mellow? Like, I, I think that putting him... I don't know. You're, you're right. You, you do bring up a very good point. I don't know. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, you're at a point now where you're in sixth place. Your last three games are at Houston, at Miami, and thank goodness versus Memphis to end <laughs> the season, right? And how important is this? I mean, you cannot fall out of the playoffs, right? Like that would just be a complete and utter disaster. And I don't think that's going to happen because I think like there's too many games and the Nuggets and Clippers have too many uh, difficult games within that. And so I don't, I don't think that will be a thing. I don't think they'll fall out. But you cannot end up in eighth. You don't really want to finish in seventh where you have to end up playing Golden State with or without Steph Curry. I don't think you want to do that in the first round if you're OKC. You have to win and maintain and hopefully get up into that fifth seed so you get that four or five matchup and maybe you can take out utah yeah. or the spurs in the first round which... <laughs> again good luck <laughs> right but you're saying mellow's washed it's done it's over yeah well unless wow. i don't know man he sure looks and and it came on pretty quick too it did you watch some of their games and he I don't know he, he'll have like one or two games where he looks okay and then you have other games where he just looks awful mm. and he's giving you nothing and it's just bad 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 i mean hopefully they figure it out because i'll be rooting for them i want them to to give golden state a go i want i also want them to play golden state with steph curry back right like i don't want them to play uh golden state when it's uh 
when when they're injured like this and they have I don't even know that dude's name. Who's starting at point guard for them right now? I don't even know the guy's name. For the oh, for the for the Warriors. Yeah, I don't even. Oh know who yeah, that guy is. yeah. I didn't know who it was either. I saw um, him the other day. Well, he got his ass kicked by Victor Oladipo tonight. I'll tell you that. Oladipo, uh, crazy, crazy stuff, Webby. But you know, hopefully, hopefully, Mello and company can figure things out. And when they do, we will be here to talk about them again on the Ball on Blast podcast. But what else do we like to talk about here on the Ball on Blast podcast, Webby? We like to talk about the interwebs. Feed me. The best and worst things to come across our social media feeds from across the basketball world. Oh, we love the net. And I was able to come across something. In our Feed Me segment, which for our new listeners, Feed Me segment includes the best things to come across our social media feeds from the NBA on a weekly basis. And by far, the best thing to come across my social media feed didn't have to do with the NBA per se, but it was still basketball. And it wasn't exactly about your boy Dante DiVincenzo Webby, (laughs) but it was somewhat linked. I know that's your guy now, isn't it? Yo, your guy is Dante DiVincenzo. He's basically like a uh, he's basically like a basketball playing Carson Wentz. That's what I said. <laughs> he's, he's basically Carson Wentz. That is actually amazing, Webby. But other than your boy Dante DiVincenzo, absolutely just stealing all the limelight from March Madness on. Ooh, Monday how night. good was he in that final game? So so good. But the best thing that come across my social media feed was actually before the game. And CBS put together, I don't know if it was CBS or Turner or whoever was in charge of this, but the opening for March Madness on the U.S. broadcast was they had your boy fresh off his Black Panther fade, fame, Chadwick Boseman, right? Yep. He does the intro for the play, for uh, March Madness, and they had that brand new uh weekend song weekend and uh why am i drawing a blank kendrick lamar song right bumping in the back and you know mixing in with the highlights who need a hero you know like it was it was really dope setting the mood then they had big sean pop up and he's talking about michigan and you know he's from michigan obviously and i think he said like his mom or his grandmother also went to michigan and you know you're getting all the hypeness and then all of a sudden the camera cuts and we get to the Philly portion of this one. Ah. And who did they get to represent Well, Philly? I'll tell you, somebody better than Big Sean. <laughs> Somebody's got a lot more skills than Jay Sean or Big Sean. Well, you know what? After, the, I mean, before this, I knew this, right? I knew that, right? I knew, I knew that obviously Black Thought has more skills than Big Sean before watching this. But after watching this, my respect level for Black Thought went up. A whole Shelly, lot more Shelly, because Shelly. I know how difficult this would be. Okay, I'm gonna. Should we play it? Should we listen to this? Put it on. Yeah, it's so sick. Let's put it on. Let's put it on. Let's play it for the people because again, people might not have even seen this. Yeah, especially so in Canada, right? Because right? I'm sure that they didn't play the opening tease because they don't play. They don't play uh, one shining we moment anymore. Get, <laughs> exactly. We don't even get one shining moment. We're definitely not getting black thought. Okay, so I'm going to play this. This was just a snippet of the opening from the March Madness final on Monday night. This is Black Thought repping for his Philly squad, Villanova. Boy, clearly, no 
struggle dear, dear me, I'm here. No other organization is near me. The victory's mine, I've signed it sincerely. So don't even waste your time trying to compare me. We've been winners, no creed could contend with us. I'm Dante to Vincenzo meets Macau Bridges, a different league than Joel and B. And Ben Simmons, but of war, we are all indeed the instruments. And I'm still a soldier and a fight for Villanova until it's over. So no point score closure, more exposure as we enter the pantheon. Home of the Eagles, wingspan of the champions. This last chip and I'm finally home free in the land of OG Wildcats that roam free. Where only one team can be the one and only hold the runner trophy. And tonight we gonna see. Let's get it. Let's get it in Unreal. So here's the thing that made it so dope to me, right? Because I know how these things come about, right? And if you're getting this guy and saying, hey, can you put something together? Do a little freestyle for us about Philadelphia and Villanova for our March Madness tease. And this guy comes in and he's dropping Bill, or Bill, I was about to say Bill Simmons. Wow. <laughs> he's dropping Ben Simmons references, Joel Embiid references. Yeah, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed, right? Like it was just so dope and it just flowed and it was just so much harder than anything else that was going on in that opening before. And the whole opening is good, not to diss it, but when that part came on, I was like, oh shit, this is so fire. Oh my God, so good. You know why? It's because Black Thought is the most underrated MC of the last 25 years. Huh, I mean, I I don't know if I can argue with that. And you know what? Like, I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves because the roots are really seen kind of more as like a, a band, you know, the, a lot about the music with the roots and, and, you know, now they're like Jimmy Kimmel's house band, but bro, I want you to go back and I want you to put on capital punishment with big pun and black thought. Ooh. Okay. And just okay. listen to black thoughts fucking first, man. I'm telling you. And then go on YouTube and listen to Black Thought go off the dome for 10 minutes on Funk Flex's show from a couple of months ago. It, yes. I remember you did tell us to listen to that a couple months ago. I remember when that happened. Yeah, It's one of the most uh, like uh, surreal things that you'll see. The speed at which he can like bring out these uh, – like these connections between these words, dude, he's unbelievable. And, and, and I, I think that he's just so underrated by uh, the mainstream hip hop listener because of the stigma behind the roots of them being more of like an artsy jazz rap group, quote unquote. But man, Black Thought has always had fucking skills, man. It's okay. You can say it. Jimmy Fallon's whack, and people now associate the roots and Black Thought with Jimmy Fallon. I know, man. It's terrible. <laughs> Side note. Side note. Did you see that Jimmy Fallon – so for the first time ever in Tonight Show history, there's going to be a co-host, and it's Cardi B. Oh, used to dance. Now I make money moves. Like Jimmy Fallon is so lame. He's just uh, and and this is not a knock on Cardi B. This is a knock on Jimmy Fallon because that's a reach. Jimmy Fallon is such a loser. Like I don't know. I I'm way Team Kimmel, and I just feel like this is just Jimmy Fallon struggling in ratings, and now he's trying to get ratings off Cardi B's name, which I mean he's definitely trying to do. But whatever. Sorry, that was an super, aside. There. Super, Shout out to Black Thought. Super lyrical. The song with him and Big Pun. It's off Capital Punishment. I will go but, back and listen to that. Listen for sure. to super super lyrical. I'm telling okay. you, and you're okay. you're gonna. I I know it, man. It's fucking. It's amazing. 
I'm in for sure. And as we wrap up here on the Ball on Blast podcast, we we check in on our Ask on Blast, but really it's just turned into Ask on Blast about Atlanta. <laughs> yo, yo, that <laughs> how was good so was good. last week's episode? What was oh. my dude's name? Bibby. <laughs> Dude, uh, like, so Atlanta's so great because do you know the the uh, like what a bottle episode is? Have you ever heard that term before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like for sure, it, you know, it'll usually happen in a in a serial show like a Lost or whatever, and they'll just do one episode that's kind of about a specific event or a specific thing that is kind of out of the general narrative of the show, right? So this was yeah. kind of like now Atlanta does. It almost seems like every Atlanta episode is a bottle episode. <laughs> it's so true. But yes. having this be like just the limited storytelling of. <laughs> of Paperboy with Bibby for a day. And like I said, man, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things of the show is just like the look that Paperboy gives people when he's like, the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> and it was like a half hour of that look. I was loving it so much. It was so good. And you know, it's so funny. We were talking about it at work and Memmy said, Memmy was like, I was actually getting mad at Bibby. Yo, like, that's so, how- <laughs> I, dude, it felt like it, it, it was one of those things where like you're watching it and you, exactly like you feel yourself getting pissed off or like it was almost <laughs> like there was a tension and you were just like, yeah. man, fuck this guy. Yo, but there are so many levels, and right when you just thought that it couldn't get... So for people who haven't watched the show, and if you haven't watched the show, you should be watching this show. It's so amazing. Oh, they're, basically, it's the best show on television right now, hands down. I, I'm not arguing that. It's so good. And what they did in this bottle episode was... They basically had Paperboy, who's a main character. He's trying to get a haircut at the barbershop, but his barber is just... They took basically all the stereotypes of the black barbershop <laughs> and dealing with your barber in terms of him talking, him being on the on phone the while phone. you're getting your haircut. They this took is why all I cut my own hair, Shelly. This is why I cut my own hair. <laughs> but they took all of those stereotypes and just like... Put them on steroids, right? <laughs> and blew it out of proportion. And Paperboy ends up on this like day long mission. mission with this guy, just trying to get a haircut. Because at first he says, Oh, I can't cut your hair here because I got to make a stop. Just come with me and I'll cut your hair at my girl's house. And they end up like all over the place. And it's just the most craziest thing ever. But it's so, so funny. And to me, the part where I actually, Webby, laughed out loud was when he gets into the crash and they're sitting in the car. And then I'm just like, this is so ridiculous, right? And you're just like, I don't even know what's going to happen next. And then he just looks down. He's like, fuck it. And puts the car in gear, reverses, <laughs> and drives off. That was, yeah. I laughed out loud when that happened. That was so good. Amazing. It was amazing. That show is the best show on TV. And it was summed up perfectly because it, it takes a real life the real life situations and just blows it up. And so the episode ends in the most perfect way ever where Paperboy is sitting in the chair and next time he, sorry, next time he comes into the barber shop, he doesn't go to this guy, Bibby. He goes to a different barber. Problem is when he sits down and the barber asks him, okay, so how do you want it done? Exactly. Yeah. Paperboy doesn't even know what to say. And true story. I've been going to the same barber forever too. And if I had to sit down in a chair and be like, oh, give me a number one or a number two, low, whatever, I wouldn't be able to explain it, <laughs> right? That's- it was just so perfect how that episode ended. You're right. Best show on TV by far. No arguments. 
So smart. Also, too, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, whenever the episode was when they went to like that fake Spotify. Yeah. So did you know that that was that was a, a based off a situation that actually happened with so i didn't real i didn't realize this so this show actually what they do so well is they take real life situations and put it into the show so mm-hmm. earlier on when they had that scene where the lady was on youtube and she was complaining about paperboy song yeah that actually happened in real life like there's a woman if you google it on or if you put it on youtube about childish search, gambino it was about vince staples oh. and there's this blonde lady and they they replicated it to a t it's this blonde woman and she's complaining about driving in the car she's like super uh, religious and she's talking about driving in her car and this song came on the radio and it was vince staples and she's reciting the lyrics and it's so like it's exactly what happened in atlanta no right way. so the flip side to that is also as well that same scene where they're at the fake spotify and remember they're walking by and there's a dude rapping on the table yeah yeah that's also taken from real life, and there's a video, if you go onto YouTube, of Bobby Shmurda, <laughs> when he gets his deal at Epic Records, I think it is. Yeah. If you type that in, there's Bobby Shmurda doing the – it's the exact same scene. No He's way. just standing on a table, rapping to these people that don't look like they listen to hip-hop. Bunch music, of white guys that's in how suits. He, hey, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> that's how he got his deal. And you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, my God. It just made the show so much better because it's That's like crazy. I didn't realize we're thinking that. that it's jokes and it's fun in games, but they're actually giving you real talk and real like, oh, yeah. yo, this is fucked up. But that's one of the best <laughs> parts about the, that's one of the best parts about the show is that it's so like rooted in like, like, like you say, like real words, like oh, yeah. they're not trying to fuck around with you and like make up, you know, weird stories or anything too out of the realm of reality and like. I, oh, it's just it's it's awesome. It's on tonight. I can't wait tomorrow after work. I'm gonna come back and watch it right away. Yeah, it's so good, so well done. My definite favorite show. And maybe the next thing we'll find out is that Justin Bieber really is black. Who knows? <laughs> Yo, that was the craziest. <laughs> that was the absolute craziest. Uh, still so good. I think we should wrap it up there, Webby. That was another great week of the Ball on Blast podcast. Another great week of Atlanta. Anything else that we missed there, Webby? Well, we were going to talk about billions, but we'll save it for next oh, week. We'll save it. Yes. I have okay, some very okay. spicy takes. Yes, we'll save it for next week. I'll let you – please tell me at least you'll watch next week's episode Dude, of Billions, first, and then we'll I'll talk about the first it. two episodes. That's fine. You can watch the third yeah, episode 100%. too, no? Dude, I'm going to watch okay, it. Okay. Like, There's not a lot on right now, so I'm going to okay. watch Billions. It, it's like – remember the newsroom? Yep. Yo, I, oh, used, yes. I used to watch the newsroom every week. I fucking hated that show, man. <laughs> that show sucked. And I watched uh, it every week. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we will talk about that next week as long as we will also talk about, of course, the NBA and everything going we'll on be in ready the basketball for playoffs, world. right? By next week? Playoffs. Yeah, the regular season next Thursday, regular season should be over. If not Wednesday or Thursday, I'm pretty sure the season should be over because it should the playoffs should start probably the following Saturday. Yeah. So we should be doing a playoff preview oh, on next man. week's episode of the Ball on Blast podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And until then, if you if you agree with any of our hot takes or disagree, you can hit me up on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Or on Instagram. I was about to say Facebook for some reason. I don't know why that's <laughs> Yo, on get off Facebook with that. Yeah, maybe because I had to watch the Mets game on Facebook yesterday, which is so dumb. No. But anyways. Fucking right? brutal Mets game. Or you can find me You mean me the Phillies on- game last night. 
listen, once your boy Gabe Kaplan oh. figures out how to make pitching changes properly, oh, okay? <laughs> well, you can find me on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander Webby. Where can the people find you? Yo, you can find me at a Webster eighty four on Twitter on Instagram. Uh, again, like just bemoaning the fact that Gabe Kapler doesn't know which way is up. <laughs> and till next week, we are the Ball on Blast podcast. Find us on on anywhere you get your podcasts on SoundCloud on iTunes. iTunes. Find us, subscribe, rate us, do all that fun stuff. We're even on YouTube if that works easier for you as well. Find us, as always, the Ball on Blast podcast. We're always unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Boom, blast.